It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and uh, Brady. It's going to be a great show today. I can just feel it in my bones. Well, not only do we have a great slate of games, Port Huron High, Port Huron Northern, Marysville Marine City, Yale Croslex, Elmont Armada. We also have Dave Taddy, that, who's going to be joining us. And I know he's ready to go. I know you guys love when he comes on. And this is, well, the best guess we could have for Rivalry Week. So, Dennis, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about the games for a long while. So, I don't think we need to belabor the point anymore. I think we need to get on to it. All right. And we'll do that next. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badaxe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Home Style Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here.
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis, Brady, and Sergeant Coach Taddy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You want? I know you have something prepared, so you know what? The floor is yours. This is your show. Okay, so this is kind of the opening monologue today. So before we begin, I would like to take this time to address three concerns I have. That's three <laughs> I have today about the show. Most, you know, most people come on here and they thank you guys for the job that you do. But as a super fan myself... <laughs> Instead of praise, I am going to give you some haze. Well, that's okay. That's that's what the if you love something, you, you want it to be better. I appreciate that. And this is my number one concern: Why has there yet to be any cra- congratulations by any guest or co-host on Young Bradel Beaton's wedding engagement announcement yeah. to his beautiful bride to be Abby, who I met on multiple <laughs> occasions. And I am a big fan of. All right, we got the Abby seal of approval from Taddy. Yeah, that did happen. Uh, the Sunday before Labor Day, I got uh, engaged. I, I like her because she runs his show. <laughs> yes, she is the ki- she's the queen of the castle. But yeah, if you didn't know, I got engaged. Uh, what Sunday of Labor Day? So right after the season started. Will Uncle Brett? be going as the dj or does he get a regular invite? uh he's just gonna get a regular invite i'm not gonna make uncle brett work on the uh on, at, at, the, at the wedding he did dj my wedding and just so you know if i don't get invited brady you're getting you invited will be going on the list <laughs> i'm not going on the list don't worry right. you're, you're gonna be high up on the on the list so that was number one this is number two what a dis- disappointing showing from my old buddy Brian Fowler on the show a couple weeks ago, and I hope he is listening. So <laughs> monotoned and uninspiring. <laughs> he actually blamed it on being rushed by you two during the picks. Oh. Immediately following his appearance, I texted his brother Greg to let him know how bad Brian was. <laughs> so Greg listened and agreed. But I want the listeners to know the real Brian Fowler and give you a story on what type of guy this guy is. <laughs> So this is the same guy when we were 14 years old at Cedar Point and met some girls in the parking lot. We jumped in his parents' van and started driving around the parking lot because we told the girls we were 16 years old. That's the Brian I want listeners to know. So I'm calling for a redo. A redo? He went 9-1. and he did go 9-1. A redo on the appearance. I want want, want the real real Brian. He wants more sizzle with his steak. So I'm, I'm calling for the redo, but this time I want you to put his brother Greg on the show with him <laughs> and possibly his mother Jane, and you will hear some fireworks exploding in your ears. So uh, I'm calling for the Brian Fowler redo. All right. Well, well, we don't have all our guests booked the rest of the way. Maybe we can run it back. And number three, this will be brief. My final concern is the disdain Dennis has for the city of Carroll. <laughs> After some deep, deep dive investigating, I realized the city of Cairo is one of the locations for Get Stuck on Sports' number one sponsor, Tri-County Equipment. <laughs> so to make sure you guys stay in business, and I have something to listen to on my drive to practice every day to Davidson, I'm asking we take it a little easy on Cairo. They have a lot of other locations. They're in Sandusky as well. Yes. I think they're in Marlette, maybe. They're everywhere. Yes. If you listen to the tag at the end, I say like twelve places <laughs> where, where they're where they're at no, number one. They can uh, afford to lose Carol. 
No, no, yeah, no, no, number two, Carol was a nightmare back then, and it's a nightmare still today for, for a county seed. And, and this is a true story. This is a true story, Coach Daddy. At a restaurant in Carroll, they have the placemats that tell the story of Carroll. And they are very proud of the fact that the, the, the founders, the men who wrote the charter, didn't know how to spell Cairo, which is supposed to be the name of the town. You they know, left like Egypt. The, they left the I out. Spelled it Caro, and everybody looked at each other and said, yeah, okay, that's fine. I just don't want to see you guys losing Tri-County equipment as that main sponsor. <laughs> well, we appreciate you looking out for us. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, maybe off the air, Dennis can tell you some of the stories in Caro uh, because I, it doesn't sound like a real place, or at least in 1992 or whenever you were yeah, there, it does it, not sound it was like not a real place. A real place. It, All right. And th- just oh, one ahead. more thing, go just ahead. so the listeners understand how I'm – you know, coming at them today. So for each game, what I did last night was I uh, investigated some movie quotes that are going to go along with my analysis and picks. All right. So before I start talking about the game or whatever, I, I'm not going to say where the quotes from because maybe at the end you can guess those. <laughs> but that's how I'm going to start everything so people understand what I'm saying before we get talking about the game. And I just want you to know that that, that Coach Sergeant Taddy right now has about Ten different pieces of paper out. He is as prepared as anyone for this, and this is why he has to come on every. This year. is more important than my game this week. Th- there you. This <laughs> is how bad I was today in practice. The kids had to let me know during punt return that I had twelve guys on the field. I thought it was so, the best punt return I had ever set up. Oh well, yeah, like, he, co- he, coach, you got twelve guys out there today. So, so um. It, Last thing before we get into the games, when I the first time I or the last time I asked Coach to come on, I'm like, "Hey, Taddy, you're coming back on for the Crosstown Showdown." He's like, "I don't know. I don't want it to get stale." I'm like, "No, it's not getting stale. People love it. When we look at the numbers of people who listen, this is almost, I mean, Dennis, double what we normally get. Now, granted, it's the Crosstown Showdown, so I think that helps as well. But Taddy is a draw. Taddy is a star." So with all that said, it's a lot of pressure. Let's get into the Crosstown <laughs> Showdown because this is one of a few games this week that I have no idea what's going to happen. Taddy, you kick us off. Okay. So like I said, I'm going to start every analysis with a quote from a movie, okay? And, mm-hmm. and when I say this one, okay, I have no problem with the name Red Hawks, okay? But just like you were a warrior and I was a Tartar, the quote I'm going to use to start this one is, his mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. All right? So it's going to be hard for me to say Red Hawks. I'll try my best. But, again, his mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. All right. That's, <laughs> that's from Ali. Yes, it is. So <laughs> No, it's not. Oh. It's not? Nope. We'll, we'll go back. I'll, I'll I will go know. back to okay. it at okay. the end. So, so real quick, just, you know, I, I haven't watched um, too much of uh, – either of these teams, um, but, but just, you know, what's happened recently, you know, in, in, in our sports scenario, um, just that I want to reference the Colorado versus Colorado State game and how, how great was that football game, Brady? You know, when there's real drama, animosity, and a hatred towards one another, people want to turn in for a game, and I think that's what we get when we get this Crosstown showdown. I would agree. I, I do think 
both sides respect the fact that the other side's a good football team, but I think the other side, both sides think they're going to go into Memorial Stadium and they're going to kick some ass and they're going to come away with the Brick Fowler Trophy. Dennis, you were at both practices. I just have the feeling there is supreme confidence on both sides that they're going to take care of business Friday night. Yeah, I, I, I didn't gather from, from either side that they were going to give an inch, and I didn't gather from either side that they felt they were the underdog. Well, like I said, just going back to, you know, we talked about this. That was the Colorado-Colorado the State game was the most watched game in the history of prime time, when we talk prime time, past midnight on ESPN. And, and, and what we understand is a football game is an, an event, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball, basketball, you may play three, four times a game. A football game is one game a week, two teams preparing to meet against each other, tailgating, you know, all the stuff that goes on with the Crosstown Showdown. And, you know, the kids and, and we all understand what makes this great, game great is that it, it's, a, it's a huge event. Okay, and now I'm going to just try to get into like a little bit about that Colorado State game and talking about the drama and the animosity and the hatred when it's high. To me, that's that's what old school football was like me growing up in the mid 80s to early 90s, watching the NFL, um, you know, watching college. I didn't watch football because I wanted to see what my fantasy football players were doing. <laughs> like, I wanted to watch the L.A. Raiders because I love that team. I wanted to watch Michigan because I love that team, right? And, and again, this game, there's a lot of love from, you know, both fan bases and, 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 and people are bought into this game, okay? They're not going to the game to see how many touchdowns their fantasy football player scores, right? So going back to that old school football Football isn't for everyone, okay? And we know that. It's a gladiator sport, okay? And, 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 and I know this sounds a little harsh, but we played the game to inflict pain, both physical and mental, on your opponent. On your opponent. And that's what made football great. And, again, that checks another box for this game. Like, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm a Big Red or if I'm a Husky, like, Moreland or uh, – you know, any player on PH, like, my goal is within the rules to put as much pain as I can on this person and take you out of the game. And, and again, like, in this society nowadays, like, maybe that's not the right thing to say, but, but football, like I said, is different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for everybody. So, with that said, I think he brings up a good point, is there's always emotions in this game, that it's – if your heart's not pumping before that game, there's something wrong with you. They need to they need to check your pulse, see if you're still alive. And I think where there might be a slight edge towards PH is they're a little older. A lot of these kids have played in this game before. So maybe those bright lights don't come on and don't, I guess, shock them or they get enamored with it and they settle in maybe just a hair quicker. I just uh, like, okay, so to me, like it is every year, there's key guys. So who is that key guy for Port Huron Northern this year? Like, who, who, who's that guy that's going to put them over the top? And who's that guy for PH? And with PH, I automatically come up with a couple of names. Yep. Um, Holler and Troy. Anytime the ball is in either of their hands, they are a threat to go 
the length of the field on offense or to to steal away a play on defense. Amir Moreland is the name that jumps out for me for Northern, but I haven't seen the Huskies yet, so I'm not quite sure how they're using Amir. Don't think that PH is going to kick off to him. No. Like, I, I don't think we'll see a deep kick to Amir in this game. So how else? Where are they using him on defense and how? Are they giving him the ball on offense and how? Because he is that guy that's like the two guys that PH has. And then you've got this army of secondary players. When Northern wins the game, it's because Heck or Armstrong, you know, one of those guys came up big. Lincoln Watkins is a kid that's starting to – I don't want to say be a secondary. He's a dude for Northern. Yeah. We would like to thank Lincoln Watkins for leaving <laughs> De La Salle. So when Davidson played De La Salle, we didn't need to worry about Lincoln Watkins. So thank you, Lincoln. Yeah. So that th- those are kind of the, the things that, that I'm trying to, to, to dig at here. Um, PH is flashier than Northern, but Northern wins when they ugly it up. And all right, let's – Chop off week one. Hey, they both lost. They both lost convincingly. Chop off week one. Northern's done exactly what we were hoping they would do since week one. And you said it when we did our rankings, Dennis. Maybe it's a little bit of we expected more from you, and you did, and they, they fell flat on their face. Yeah. And we thought they could go down to south and compete and do something. Kind of how PH competed at least for a bit against Anchor Bay and Maybe we punished them a little too much because since then, no, they haven't played any great teams. They've just taken care of business like we've expected Northern to do and how they've done the past three, four years. Yep. The The, the lower the score is, the more I think it favors and Northern. And they don't want to get into a, a shootout, and I think they'll play to make sure it doesn't get into a shootout. I don't think that – I think we – by last couple years, it's not well, going to be a shootout. Here's I'm going to bring this up. Here's a stat for you, Taddy. When was the last time either side scored 30 points in the crosstown showdown? When me and Uncle Ryan were coaching, and we used to blow Northern out. It every was year. 2015. It was a 42 nothing Port here on High Wind. Since then, I think that was the year that they tried to. I was kicked out of that game, and our <laughs> players weren't too happy with that, so they. <laughs> Put 42 nothing on them. So, since then, nobody has scored more than 29, and that was one time in uh, the regular season of 2019. The playoff uh, game was 29-26 game. That was a great game. 27 was the next highest, and basically 20 or 21 is the outlier. It has been a essentially a 14-7 game every matchup since 2020 i mean you had the one that was 14 nothing ph 20 to 7 on a last second pick six but this has been a slop i don't want to say sloppy a low scoring grinded out game or well coached defensive game there yes let's give credit to the defensive coaches <laughs> no, it, out there. It, it's true because even though the, the score is low the games are still very exciting and it never feels like it's two teams fumbling over each other at midfield and they can't get out of their own way the mud bowl game felt like that well that was because <laughs> there wasn't a blade of grass out there by the time it was over i mean we went out there to look it was that was, but that's extenuating. Yeah, that it's supposed extenuating. to be a great day Friday, at least from last I checked. PH has explosive players, like you said, Dennis, but can Northern, I guess for lack of a better term, muck it up enough and 
sustain some drives because you know what's the best way to stop Gavin Troy from scoring a touchdown? Don't let him touch the ball. Yeah. So long, sustained possessions and win the time of possession battle and don't turn it over and give any free free shots for the other offense. Do we see something similar that we, that we saw during the Mud Bowl? Do they put Lincoln Watkins back at hmm. quarterback, direct snap, and go at those guys? I think he's going to be a name Dennis says for sure. I mean, I know we haven't seen him, so we don't know exactly how he's used. I know he's made some, some spectacular catches uh, from what I've seen at highlights, but I think he's going to be a name that's going to make a difference. Well, I mean, that's, again, this is the disadvantage. Normally I've seen Northern a couple times, uh, but they, they've been on the road for three of the four weeks, and I haven't seen them play a game yeah, they did score 42 last week. I know, Sterling Heights. I don't care. They scored 42 last week. Maybe they do have some break. We've been saying Max Williams' name a lot. Mm. You know, uh, I, I know they've got guys that can run down the field and catch the ball. I think Fletcher can throw the ball down the field and get it to him. It's been really good since week one. I know they've been kind of mixing it up in, in the backfield, so – you know, they don't get the, the flashy numbers because they don't have a back that gets 150 yards because they spread that 150 yards between two and three guys. Can I offer? I'm going to put heck at my H back. <laughs> Let me repeat this again. And I'm going to direct snap the ball to Lincoln Watkins, who has probably three Division One offers right now on the table. And I'm going to say, come stop me. You go power on power. Heck, you might see something like that, especially in short yardage. But can I offer something that PH hasn't had in a little while that I think helps? They have a little bit of depth. And not just in the skill positions, on the lines as well. So where Northern maybe could have worn them down and guys like Noah Myeri had to play 80 snaps in a game, even if you get him off the field for 15 snaps and he's only playing 60 or 65 or other guys that play both ways, I think Seppo plays it both ways as well, a few other kids, PH can maybe withstand some of that physicality a little better than Northern, than, than they used to in the past where Northern could wear them down. And if they want to go power on power, maybe PH has a little bit more in the tank to stop that and not wear themselves out. So, okay, you just fought to get a fourth down stop. Now your offensive line's gassed. Let's talk about the offensive line because that was the one thing that Northern had coming in this year. They had guys that had played, but guys that hadn't started. Like only the center was well, a had, returning starter. They had Schrader, who's been. This is this is week five. Uh, obviously, in week one, it was a struggle, but they've obviously gotten better every week. How long does it really take to develop that chemistry and be ready for the bright lights? Long time. Hardest. If I was ever a head coach and you don't have two offensive line coaches on your staff, you are doing things wrong. We have three offensive line coaches on our staff. It, it, it is the hardest position to coach other than quarterback in the secondary. And to get those guys. Not he slipped in secondary there. <laughs> yeah, secondary is tough. Not only you know, do you need those guys to know what they're doing, but you have to get those guys to play with a mentality of – you know, what we, we call our guys a hog. Everybody calls them the hogs, right? We we have to give our guys stickers for everything just so they're happy playing offensive line. <laughs> it, it, it's a position I've never coached and I would love to coach, and that was actually what I was going to coach when I first came to Davidson. Um, but coaching that offensive line, 
again, it's it's the toughest job on the staff. And, you know, like you had mentioned, Dennis, like how long is it going to take for them to come together? I mean, the best thing to do is to start having success, running the ball, um, and, and, you know, not try to get into third down scenarios where now you're putting a lot of pressure on that young offensive line because, you know, third and long is not something the offensive line wants to be in. Let me ask you guys this, and this might be stupid broadcaster media making a mountain out of a molehill, but does it make any difference in this game that they know for a fact when this game's done they're not getting another shot at each other, that they're not going to meet in the playoffs, that when it's done, these seniors, this is their last, last shot at the other? Does that make any difference, or am I just grasping at straws there? I'm just saying if I was the coach, I would say we're playing in Division Two, so I get two chances at them. <laughs> like I said, my goal was always, and I'm sure Coach uh, Uncle Ryan, Coach Mullins, um, we were going we were gonna even up that series. Right. And if we would have got to play them two times every year, we would have got even that series a little quicker. So myself, I would be upset that I'm in Division Three and want to play up to Division Two, so I could play those guys another time. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, you probably put more on the line because, you know, you don't have that second chance to beat them if something happens. And if they ever do play again, I believe the Brick Fowler should be up for grabs that second time. It shouldn't just be one time. Every time you play, the Brick Fowler's on the line. <laughs> I'm just going, going to point out, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm sure you've got it pulled up. And every time they played twice, they split. Didn't yes. They? <laughs> the two times it's happened, they've split. So you, you bring up the series, and I guess for those that don't know, this series for from basically when Northern became a school in, what, the 60s to the, the 2000s, Northern, for the most part, dominated this series. It would be long stretches of Northern with an occasional port here on high win or two. They'd get a class or two to come through, but Port Huron could never rattle off wins. And then about, Dennis, I know you looked at the numbers at one point. Then about the mid-2000s, PH started to really dominate. I think at one time they had won like 10 of 11 or something. Was it because we had the best ball boy in the Blue Water area? I think it was. That might might be the case. Whoever that might have been. I don't recall that being an issue. But that... Then PH started to really dominate the rivalry. And since 2016, so when we say the, the golden era of this rivalry has started, in that time span they have played nine times, and it's 5-4 in favor of Northern. It has been as close as they have come. The biggest difference in that time span has been 17, and that was the, excuse me, the first game in this stretch in 2016 when it was 20-3. to Since then it has been a brawl. It has been a game where, hey, maybe PH is a little down. Well, they play up to Northern. Northern's a little down. They play up to PH. And looking at this game, I just don't know which side to lean on to think has a slight edge. Because, Dennis, we were joking before. You said, well, my rule of thumb is always pick the home team. They're both the home team. Yeah, yeah. you can't do that in this game. There, There is no home field advantage uh, in this game. But what, what I will say about it, is it'll be packed. It'll be packed, and everybody's right on top of of you in that stadium. There's no place to hide. They can reach out over the wall, and they can touch you. 
It feels like it. The guys are running down the your, their near sideline. It feels like the fans can pat you on the helmet as you're running by to score your touchdown or, or whatever you're doing. Uh, they're just right on top of you. I, I've never played at Memorial Stadium. I've never played anywhere like well, Memorial Stadium. It has just got to be a fantastic I'm gonna, venue. I'm going to tell you, you, you would think that would be really good until – you start coaching at one of those because, <laughs> no, this is the thing. Because we played at Traverse City um, two weeks ago. You have nowhere to put your TV on the sideline. So when you're trying to huddle, and, th- and this is tough, when you're trying to huddle your whole defense to look at the TV screen so we're looking away from the field, right. there's not that where you put the two benches together. You don't have together. the track. Yeah, you don't, you don't have that space. And and I don't know how much PH and Northern use the TVs, you know, in between series. But that that's huge for us. You know, we're we're making corrections, and and without that space between the sideline um, and the fans, I I don't know if either team hangs a TV off that wall. I I, I, I haven't seen PH do it, and again, we haven't seen Northern this year, but I don't ever remember them doing it. By the way, forecast for Friday night: seventy-seven and partly cloudy. A single-digit percent chance of rain, wind at about seven, eight miles an hour. So a perfect night for high school football. So anything else on this game before we move on? Because we're going to spend just as much time, if not more, on the next. So go ahead. Okay, so a message from a big red Mm -hmm. to the Red Hawks. Okay, this is my last thing I'm saying this. Football was made for you guys, so you have the ability – to physically assault another human being without being arrested for it. And remember, it's controlled mayhem. So I want those Red Hawks coming from this big red to understand that. This is an opportunity for them and to get it done. All right. You want to move on to Marysville Marine Let's City? Let's move on to Marysville Marine City, the another big game on the uh, list. I don't know what to make of this game. I don't know. Um, I... Well, first, let's get the movie quote out of the way so I can maybe collect my thoughts. Brady? Yes? There are three rules that I live by. Number one, never get less than 12 hours of sleep. Two, never play cards with a guy who has the same first name as a city. And number three, never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now you stick to that and everything else is cream cheese. All right, do I get involved with a football team that has a harpoon on their helmet? That's the question I have from that. Because my, my fourth rule would oh. be never pick against Marine City versus Marysville. <laughs> I mean, and that's history true. would say that, yeah. So, since 2003, when Marysville and Marine, I believe it was 03, right? Yep. They split the, that series. Marysville won in the regular season, and that was a 9-0 and Marysville team that had aspirations of making a, a deep, deep run, and Marine City got back at them in the playoffs. Since that point, since that playoff loss, Marysville has beat them one time. 2016, the year Marine City went 4-5. and five. They have not beaten a winning Marine City team in over two decades. And that Marysville team went 10-1. and one, Yes. Who's was quarterbacked by yes. our friend Joe Cook. Yes. But this matchup, I do think favors Marysville. Now, like you said, Taddy, Marine City just figures it out, and they figure it out m- no more than in this game. Two or three years ago, 
In 2020, Marysville had Marine City dead to rights. Dead to rights. There was no reason a sophomore Jeff Heslip should have led the team down the field in 50 seconds to win that game, but he did. And Marine City just figures it out. I think Marysville has proven they're a good team. And Marine City, we know they're a good team. But man, Dennis, I just can't get out of the head. And maybe it's because I'm too close that I played it in this game and I know what it's like. But right now it's 7-0 Marine City because of the way the Mariners have been in Marysville's head the past two decades. Well, I said to you, and, and you gentlemen can chime in on this, most of the time you win the toss and you defer to the second half. This week, this game, if you're Marysville and you win the toss, you might think about taking the ball first because I want to get the lead in this game. I want the other team to chase me this time around. I don't want to give Marine City a chance to drive it down my throat and score on the opening possession and give my guys an all oh, here we go again moment. I want to get the ball first. I want to drive it down the field. I want to get into the end zone and say, this week it's different. Have you been talking to our head coach at Davidson? Coach I have, not. That's, that's I have he, not. that's what he does every game. Is it? Really? Okay. <laughs> See, well, I, I, I like I'm him. with Dennis. I like going on defense first because the ability to double up at halftime can be huge. It can be a life preserver if the first half goes haywire, but you know you have a chance to get the ball scored and start the third quarter with the ball and score. Hey, you can kind of make up for some of that, but I agree with Dennis. If Marine City gets off to a hot start, I hope they don't do it, but I think you might see some, all right, it's time for the yearly loss to Marine City. Here we go. But if Marysville goes down the field and scores, like you said, I think you start to get some of that belief. And belief can be a powerful thing when these kids start going, yeah, this is different. We're supposed to do it. But, man, Marine City's got some playmakers. Can you contain Parker Atkinson? Can you contain – hey, I don't know if Grant Westrick and Paul Muscat are going to be playing, even if they do in a limited role. Can you contain those guys? Can you? Anwar Sufian was a guy that didn't really talk about before, and he stepped in nicely and played well for Marine City in those guys' absence. Can you slow those guys down? And by the way, if Lincoln Osterlin needs to throw the ball, he can throw the ball. Speaking of playmakers, I'm glad you brought that up. Because during my deep dive in investigations last night into this game, a couple faces that I remembered from middle school jolt, jolted into my memory. Are you ready to go I'm, down memory I'm, I'm lane? I'm ready to go down memory yeah. lane. It's 1992 and Chippewa oh, Middle School is playing Marine City Middle School in a seventh grade basketball game. We, we run into these two mean twins from Marine City. Now they are probably all of 5'5", but chiseled out of granite and quick as can be. Now, I couldn't remember their name, so I had to text my buddy Kyle uh, Zimmerman today to ask him. Find out their names were Byron and Brent Osterland. I hope I said that right, the Osterland, okay? The easiest way to describe these two twins back in 1992 would have been if Scott Farkas from The Christmas Story were two twin brothers that were super athletic. Okay, so are, are, you, are you with me right I'm now? I'm with you. So, so Dennis always talks about where do all these small, super quick running backs from Marine City come from? Well, I, I have a theory. Byron and Brent Osterlin were maybe the first 
of a long line of undersized, tough, lightning-quit running backs. My theory is Byron and Brent might have started having children around 1997, and their their spawn spawn. have been the running backs at Marine City for the last 20 years. It's just that's what it feels like. So as I continued, you know, my conversation with uh, Kyle Zimmerman last night, he informed me that their nephew is none other than Marine City quarterback Lincoln Osterland. Always comes around. Now, now that is all I need to know to prove my theory correct. Every skill position player for Marine City over the last 20 years probably has some Osterland blood in them, and it's probably not a good idea to bet against them, especially against Marysville. That was my deep dive All investigation. Right, Dennis, you, you, you pick up after that one. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that this is the first time in a, a long time where I, I can look at these two teams. Like Marine City, they're always fast. They're always undersized. They always figure it out. But Marysville is super big this year. And that's the other reason why I want the ball first if I'm the Vikings. I want to bully Marine City. I want to put my big guys out on the field and have them push the Mariners back into their own end until they're in the end zone. Yeah, because they do – like, there's – hey, what, say what you want about this matchup. There's no debating that Marysville is the bigger team. They are bigger, especially on that offensive line, and can they make use of it? I mean, they have – not, they're not just big. They're huge. They have, what, two kids 6'6", six, six, uh, Cardi's 6'2", and built like a, a brick house. They have some some big guys. And, Dennis, we've gone this long, and we haven't said Carter Sakuchi yet. Well, I was going to get to him next, but you, you no, make no, your ahead. point. No, go ahead. Because I, I, I was going to say to to Carter, okay, pretend these guys are Lampfear. <laughs> right. Okay? You need to be a part of this this week. We need to be talking about your gaudy, audacious numbers and your multiple touchdowns in this game if your school is going to win because if if you're not bringing it, then the same thing that happens every year when you play Marine City will happen again this year. Mr. D-Line. Yes. What is the equalizer when you play against a big offensive line for the D-Line? What does the D-Line need to do? Well, they need. I'd say they need to be quick, and I know. And they need to move. Yes. So I'm. I'm betting that if I'm the three technique for Marine City, that I'm not just going to stay in a three technique. No. And we all know Dave Front here. Uh, you know he's going to have something drawn up. He knows that if I go mano a mano, that mass kicks ass, and the bigger guy is going to win more often than the smaller guy. How is Marysville's offensive line going to be able to, are they going to be able to gel like we talked about in the PH Northern game? And, hey, if there's a twist, be able to trade it off pretty well or be able to keep that at bay so they're not twisting and getting in the backfield. So now were you saying, and this is going on your your guys' preseason stuff, Mm -hmm. um, were you saying that Marysville is back to, like, where they're just being – straight run the ball like they're trying to get back to I th- you well, said something like that I would say so with the personnel they have right now now I, I know Zach Winston can throw it I can see it but I just know with a big offensive line 
I mean, you can only run boot pass so many times. (laughs) But it works a lot. (laughs) It works a lot. Ask When you're only doing it three times a game, it surprises the other team. (laughs) I mean, I think Zach Winston threw it four or five times last week and had three touchdown passes. So they throw it enough, but no, they're not going to spread it out like they did when Zach Meyer was quarterback. And they will figure out a way, and I think they're going to say, until you prove you can get past our road grader offensive line, we are going to try and, like Dennis said, bully it. And you mentioned pretend it's Lamp Fear. If these same two teams were playing, and Marysville, hey, they're, they're as is, but Marysville's team, or Marine City's team, was in Lamp Fear uniforms, I think I would very confidently pick Marysville. But the mentality at Marine City, the way they're coached, and the fact that they just find the damn way to win this game makes it maybe the hardest game we'll have to pick all year for me. Well, the, the thing is is that they, they do year after year the, the same thing, but they disguise it throughout the game. It, it's, you know, they, they run only so many running plays, but from different formations. The breakdown when we would play them and you'd get the formation report, it'd be a mile long and be like, well, this, but the, the, the wings off the ball on this one, they've ran it three times and just enough so a high school kid's head spins and that they'll throw something else at you and they, no one's better than Marine City of throwing that back-breaking wrinkle at you where they will throw a, a, a pass on a play action that they haven't shown all year or just something like that, and that in the critical moments we saw it against St. Clair, it was 20-20 to 20 in the third quarter. Marine City didn't just win it. They slammed the door on St. Clair. They had all, St. Clair had all the momentum, and Marine City won by three scores. So, I don't know. I know that the new turf there is awesome. When I went to go there, it looks amazing. It's very soft, very nice turf. And I think there I don't think there will be my other as many people. Do you want to play Marine City on new turf? Right. <laughs> Again, much like the knowing this is the only chance you get at PH and Northern. Opening a new turf, is that a distraction, like new field? Because I think there's, there's not going to be as many people there as at the Crosstown Showdown. But there is going to be a boatload of people at this Marysville Marine City game, too. Well, if Marysville people aren't amped up to see a football game, what's going on? They haven't played a home game yet. Right. It's week five. This would be the most Marine City thing. And I think I can hear doubt in your ears, Brady. You're doubting the Mariners. This I'm 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 predicting this. Okay. So so it, you know, based on the rankings, this has probably been the lowest Marine City has been ranked, you know, when you guys ever started the rankings. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that's very true. Watch them get things together and make a run. I'm just saying, just when you want to doubt the Mariners and do something that Dennis says he never does is pick against the Mariners until they lose, I'm just saying, you watch. You let them get things together, and we'll see if things get turned around. That, that would be the most Marine City thing to do, just, just when you start doubting them and you rank them seven in your poll right. or whatever they and, are. And, you know, it's – there's a, there's You'll a notice very, they're higher in my poll than they are in his. Well, we just have northern. Not much Mar- higher, but we just have northern and Marine City flipped. Yeah. But the the one thing that I can't get out of my head, and 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 the most Marine City thing would be we talk about how good of a game this is going to be, and I come back Friday night 
and it's, oh, yeah, Marine City won, won 30, 35 to 16. And it was over in the third quarter. You're making excuses in your head already for Marysville. I need to I just stop said thinking City like dominate. Yeah, I know, but you're 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 you want that to happen because that way you don't have to stress out about the game. You don't want it to be close. I I still contend the 2020 game was one of the best football games I have ever seen, regardless of level, and that was incredible. Anyway, anything else about this game before we don't have to think about it for 40 minutes until we go to the picks? Uh, I I. We've talked about it for 40 minutes, and I still don't know what's going on in this game. All right. Uh, <laughs> lost That's in the, the fun of it, though. Lost in this week. If this was me- many other weeks in the season, St. Clair Lamphere would be kind of a marquee game. as a, hey, let's see what the Saints have. This is a backs-up-against-the-wall type situation for St. Clair as Lamphere comes to town. And yet, this week, it's like the sixth most, in, I don't want to say important, intriguing game from a neutral perspective. And that doesn't mean it's not intriguing. I'll be looking for updates for this one all night long. But St. Clair has their backs against the wall in this one. Well, I mean, the time for moral victories is over. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, they, 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 had a, they, they didn't play poorly against Richmond. They just they were struggling on offense still. The offense has picked it up now, but all of a sudden the defense has given up 75 points. I know not all of that is against the defense, but you know the the other teams have been plus 30 points the last uh, two weeks, including a Clintondale team that I don't know if they're good, bad, or indifferent. But you know you, you finally score 34 points, and it's at the cost of giving up 36. St. Clair absolutely positively has to win this football game. We were crunching numbers and going through whatever that logarithm thing that you were doing to try to try to figure out can they make the playoffs. Not if they lose this game. Right. Is what it boils down to. Now, how good, bad, or indifferent is Lamphere? They got pasted last week against what we think is a good football team in Marysville. Lamphere is still that's their only loss. Right. They've beaten everybody else that they've played, and the St. Clairs have only beaten Lincoln. All right, what's what's the quote for this one? I'm here to do whatever they need me to do. You know if they need me to bleed, then I'll bleed for my team. Listening to you, Brady, after the St. Clair versus Marine City game, it sounded as if you were impressed with the play of the Saints against the Mariners. But was it? Just a good showing because they were playing inspired football against their rivals. Be- because of that analysis that, you know, I listened to you of that St. Clair Marine City game, I, I actually picked St. Clair to beat uh, Clintondale hey, last you week. you and us both. But, but yeah. were, were they not playing inspired against Clintondale? It's... Did, did Dougie Glatt of the Hi- Halifax Highlanders <laughs> pick and choose what games he was going to play inspired hockey? <laughs> so what what Saint team are we going to get this week? The team ding, that ding, played ding. against Marine City or the team that played against Clintondale last week? Well, and I want to say I think the offense at least played inspired. Again, we ran the numbers before the Marine City game. They had not scored more than 20 points against the non-bronze team since 2021. And then they've done it two straight weeks, and their offense was very impressive. And to answer your question, Taddy, I don't know about the defense. Because the defense is something that, even when the offense was struggling and falling over itself, 
the defense was there to keep them in a game and keep it within a play. They hadn't given up 36 to a lot of teams in the last couple years. And to do that at Clintondale, that's what I don't know. So that's why this game's so intriguing to me. I don't know if this is going to be a 42-40 game or if it's going to be a 4-2 game. I wouldn't say intriguing. This is what I think. I think Lamphier coming off an embarrassing loss at home to Marysville will not be a happy team making that trip to East China Stadium. And it's not like Lamphier has impressive wins on their resume against teams like Sterling Heights and Centerville. You know, but, but you know, again, we compare scores. But they did shut out Clint, a Clintdale team yeah, 21 did. to nothing that beat St. Clair 36-34. So – St. Clair better have the foil on under their gloves because <laughs> Lamphere is looking to take their frustration out on another St. Clair County team that's not named Marysville this week. All right, Dennis, you got anything else? Our line starts, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the beginning. We still have the BWAC to talk about. Oh, fun. <laughs> that's always a fun segment. And then and then we'll, we'll mix in the thumbs somewhere in there in Mooney. And then I, I feel like the picks are going to be just another great addition. All right. We'll pay some bills and be right back. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. 
support here on Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Well, that uh, break went flying by. Well, Uh, it knows. Even the brakes know today. (laughs) Yeah, We've got good stuff. All right. Into the BWAC. And Dennis, I, I don't know why I feel like Armada might be live against Almont. Almont's 4-0. They've done nothing wrong. They have been, maybe out of anyone besides Cross-Lex, maybe the most dominant performing team, that they've done nothing but win and their back's against the wall on the road. They score in a two-minute drill. But why do I feel like Armada has something to prove here and that they're going to give Almont everything they have? Because they kind of got to win. Yeah. Armada's kind of got to win. For a lot of reasons, um, and and I think uh, confidence is the biggest one. Um, I don't think they were expecting to be two and two through four games. I think they were expecting to be four and zero, oh, especially after the Marine City win, and no worse than three and one. And yet they could drop to a losing record right now, and we both seen Almont. We love Almont. They're so good. They're really good. I'm glad you brought up that Marine City game. Are you ready? I'm ready. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give them the heater. This game, to me, is all about matchups. Nothing fancy has to be said when these two teams are going to strap it up and go at it on Friday night. It's we are Elmont, we run the ball. We are Armada, we stop the run, and let's go. And we've referenced that week one game against Marine City a lot. When it comes to Armada, this is the type of game Armada likes to be in. Like I said before, this game is all about the matchups. You are Armada. You have two coaches on your staff with the last name Rowley. The type of game you want to play is when two schools line up against each other and try to figure out who is the toughest. Not taking anything away from Elmont because their blood type is also TG tough guy. But I think this is the type of game Armada has been waiting to play again for the last three weeks. Now, they play another one of these games in two weeks when they travel to North Branch. I just feel we will see a different type of Armada than we have the last three weeks when they get themselves involved in this street brawl against another alpha tough guy team like Almont. And that's the biggest point, I think, why I think Armada has a chance is because they, when they... Armada's bread and butter is, you know, going between the tackles, being tough, ramming my face mask into your face mask, and after 48 minutes, I'm still standing and you're not. But Almont can throw it just enough that it, they might want to test Armada's secondary. And, Dennis, you saw it in week one. If Almont has to throw it, it's not out of necessity. It's out of luxury, and they can do it. Well, yeah, uh, we saw him in week one against Marysville, and then we saw him in week two against uh, Algonac. I, I think uh, they, um, they started like eight of eight mm-hmm. in, in the first half, throwing the ball, and they didn't have to throw the ball in in the second half. 
and that's what concerns me. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game. I think Armada can score on Elmont, who's only given up 22 points this season, <laughs> and they were all last week. Um, but can they get the stops? I'm really concerned that they are vulnerable to the pass, and I'm not saying Elmont has to change everything, well, spread and, the and, field, yeah, and drop back and throw that's 40 not what you times. Want to do. So if, if you're looking at this game as Elmont and you're going, well, the thing they don't do good is, is cover the pass. Well, okay. Well, are you going to get out of what you do because you're going to attack their weakness? And no, but, but, you but, you, but you, you can throw the ball enough that it doesn't change two things, and it, and it might get you a bunch of big plays. I, so, I just, yeah, I, I really wish I could watch an Armada game. I just, you know, it's tough, you know, in, in, in the BWAC where you guys talk about there's these diff, different defenses or different offenses that you have to be prepared for every weekend. Um, you know, depending on your personnel, you know, most teams now, what do they run? A 4-2-5, meaning one of your outside backers are, um, you know, like a safety or a nickel player, whatever mm-hmm. they call them. You know, even with us at Davidson, I mean, we play with three traditional – linebackers that can read keys but you know if if we needed to push them out to twins or trips they could play in pass coverage so is it that like i said is armada just better built with the personnel they have to play against these i'm gonna run it at you teams and i mean and does this game like fall right into what they like doing you know that's how you know that's how i see this and i feel like the last at least last year when Armada's back was against the wall, remember, they got beat up by Crosslex. And then they didn't lose a game the rest of the BWAC season. Are they going to be in one of those spots like that? Because I think it was Almont was the next team they beat. And they had to win on basically the final play of the game. Almont had it inside the 10 or 15, and Armada got the stop. Now it's at Almont. It's homecoming for Almont. It's going to be a big game. That's a tough place to play. Almont is not a fun place to go and try and get back on track. But this is going to be, a, just a, I think, a knockdown, dragout brawl. And Dennis, I don't know how high scoring it will be just because they're, I think there's going to be a lot of running. And if Armada does what they want to do, they're going to keep the ball out of Almont's hands. But the two backs in this game between Zach Dykes and Chase Batani, that's going to be two guys that, at least for Batani right now, and I think Dykes maybe next year. But Batani right now, I think would be on a short list for Player of the Year right now in in the Blue Water area. I I still feel this is going to be a, a fairly high scoring game, um, and I just uh, again I I got to go with what I've seen, and what I've seen is Elmont execute to perfection the two times I've seen them play. Uh, and what I've seen from Armada, I thought they were very unlucky against Yale. Um, but Yale beat them with the deep ball. Mm-hmm. And they were embarrassed by that loss, and they came storming out against Croslex and looked invincible for a quarter and a half. And then Croslex said, hmm, that's right, we can throw besides run. And they beat them with the deep ball. And then that opened up the run game, and then it was 53 points later, and it seemed like it all happened in five minutes. It seemed like Croslex scored that much that fast. I'm a little nervous about Armada's defense. Let me ask you this, Taddy. 
when you've had younger teams and you've had a big class graduate, how long did it take for those that new class for it to start to click and for those guys to get it and sophomores to be playing like juniors well, <laughs> and juniors to being the leaders that you need them to be? People do things differently. I, I have two sophomores starting in my secondary right now. But it's also you, different when it's you, a couple guys to you lose a great class I, and you have basically a I whole new leadership group and a whole and, new identity. And I can't speak on what other people do, but with high school football now, I mean, football starts probably in April and most of your focus in that time from April is, you know, you're now now seven on seven is basically your summer. So right. we get these guys. I mean, you get five camp days or four camp days at the last week of school. Then you get another four camp days before actual camp starts. And then you get six seven on sevens. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to speak on that because I don't know how much Armada does with that in the in the summertime. Um, but, you I mean, you can get guys ready to play – but again, they they haven't been under live fire, and you can't predict on how they are going to react when you know the live rounds start coming down mm -hmm. range. I guess I'm speaking because we're they, we're pretty good right now, and the sophomores they, I have playing four and zero, they yeah. beat De La Salle and and Grand. And so and, and so I and I felt the preparation we had in the summertime well, don't got say them it like prepared. that because that's actually pretty. No, impressive. I was saying like quite <laughs> like like yeah. By the way, so you know, I, I, but again like. It's it's you can prepare them. This is how we line up. This is how we play. But how are you going to handle that adversary when things get tough? Those things, you know, take a couple games to get into. Because I think if this Armada team has matured and they have taken the next step and they start to get it, they'll have a chance in this Almont game. I mean, but don't you think they had it week one? I almost think week one, looking back at it, might have been, might have gotten them thinking, all right, we've we've done it. We, we beat up Marine City, we, we, we did it, we're here, and then Yale stunned them a bit, and then Croslex is just a good team, and they couldn't get that game back on the rails. So I don't think they've played a really good game since week one. I think they've had good moments. Uh, but, again, I don't want to take anything from Almont because they have done nothing but kick ass, and in big moments they've shown up. And why should I doubt Almont? What have they done to do anything for me to even have an inkling of doubt about the Raiders? All I'm saying, boys, is bring your calculators. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Almont's worst game, 29 points. Uh, their other games, 39, 49, and 58. And Armada's worst game, 28 points. Uh, these two teams have four touchdowns before the game starts. So we should just start the game at 28-28 and go from there. I just this <laughs> This is why I think you, you you were texting me this week you're like the BWAC has a cult following. Like there's just something that oh, people Oh, we didn't get, get our shout out. Oh yeah, give your shout out. I found uh the super fan of Almont. Yeah. Almont Al. Almont he, Al. He's out there on another podcast that I listen to that he chimes on on that one. So Almont Al we're, we're looking for you. <laughs> Al Mont Al. Hey, it's homecoming. He'll be there. It is. And I just, Dennis, I just don't know why I should even have a thought about not picking Al Mont. But because Armada is good. I know. Like, I, again, I, I, 
I, I know I'm kind of picking reasons, I think, while it sounds like I think the Tigers are going to lose, but our, our mate is a good football team. They have talent. The, the, this this is not a, uh, a team that you can take lightly or look past. If you're Elmont and you're going, oh, next week we play Crosslex, that's the big game. Well, it won't be because you're going to get your butt kicked this week. And you have to be focused. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, you you have to be focused, and and this is going to be a, a as terrific a football game, I think, as any of the other ones we've talked about so far. Anything else on this one, or do we want to move on to another trophy game this week? Anything else, Taddy? All right. Yale cross lax. This one's personal. Garrett Grunman at Yale. He was the coach at cross lax. He played at Croslex. He was kind of Mr. Croslex when he was an athlete there. I mean, Dennis, you were around. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 covered, I covered player. games that Taddy played in. <laughs> <laughs> so he's and the Fowlers. Yeah. So he's been a pretty. He knows both sides. Croslex is just a nothing but take teams to the woodshed. I mean, they beat up Swan Valley. They beat up. Armada, and they've done what they're supposed to do. Richmond's been the best fight they've had this year. This game's at Cross-Lex. Last year, Yale gave them a scare. So I don't think Yale has the element of surprise. Unless Cross-Lex kids are sitting back with their feet up going, we'll take care of this game. The real game's next week. You set up my quotes. So All right. I, I like, I, we didn't do this beforehand. I don't know what these quotes are. Guys... We are never going to get a fair shake as long as Stan Gable is president. The only way to become president is to win the homecoming coming carnival. That's right, Arnold, and that's what exactly we're going to do. Right now, Croslex is the president of the BWAC. Croslex is the president of the rivalry between Croslex and Yale. And until Yale does something about that on the field and beats them, Croslex will hold superior superiority over them, not only on the scoreboard, but also mentally in their heads. And, and you know, I, I don't mean to be harsh about that. I mean, we have the same problem at, at Davidson. I mean, we would go 8-1, and 9-0 and in the regular season, and then we would meet up with Clarkston in the, in, the, in the districts, and they'd beat us by three scores. But what we knew was what was going to give us that edge was not to try to be fancier than them, be more skillful, or score more points. It was we were going to match their physicality and out-execute them. And, and, I, and I think that's what Yale needs to do. I don't know what to make of Yale. <laughs> I mean, I want to really, really like this football team. But the Annapolis game. Yeah, yeah they did what they were supposed to do. The Armada game, I think they got a little lucky. But they, I will say, they, they, they won the game. in positions yeah. where the luck matters. But but it, it, I mean I, I just I rethink that game over and over in my head and I just one thing that went right for Yale just one of those plays has to go Armada's way and we're looking at Armada with a different flavor than we are now the North Branch game uh, when that score came in it's it surprised me but now we're we're starting to find out we know North, North, North Branch, Branch is a pretty, pretty good good football, good football team. team and and then Richmond happened. And, and Richmond is much improved. Richmond's a good football team this year. But 42 to 21. Right. 42 to 21, you got taken out to the woodshed by Richmond. And this was that was your your big game last year was you beat Richmond. You did that to them. Right. And you let them turn around one year later and do it to you. Um, 
That was like the first surprise victory, right? Because weren't you the only one last year that yeah. picked that game? Down? Yeah, picked Yale. Yeah, and that I, I, was kind I said of the this one is your chance, Yale, to say you're a big boy. We've turned things around and and go out and and beat Richmond. And they beat them what 35-7. Yeah, right? they, they beat them easy. And this year, R- Richmond just said nope. That that last year was an anomaly. We're better than you, and three scores like that surprises me. Um, and and uh, again, I have the eye test for Crosslex. I saw the Richmond game. I saw the Armada game. Crosslex is kind of dynamic. Uh, you know, they're, they're, we don't talk about their defense. Their defense is pretty good, and their offense, when it's rolling, seems unstoppable. And and they have Gavin Espinosa can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his legs. We we know what Belly Grappi can do, and now other weapons are starting to develop in that uh, offense. They had an easy game against Algonac last week where everybody was out at halftime. So they're going to be rested. They remember how tough it was because Crosslex is an experienced team. They, they, a lot of guys played in that game last you know year. Who didn't Belly Grappi? Yeah, uh, and that, and and that was contact. Belly was out last year, and that was when Crosslex had their little down period in the middle of the season. And when Belly came back, everything got better real quick. Those two guys. And and the thing is, is they got a lot of good players, so it's not just those two guys. But when those two guys decide nobody's going to beat us, so far nobody's beaten them. And, and you said this earlier, and and, and I guess I, I I didn't finish here with my observations <laughs> was, um, you know, I think too much focus gets put on Coach Grunman being the ex coach of Crosslex and how Yale's offense is going to outduel them either by scoring a lot of points or coming up with these crazy trick plays. They do run a lot of trick plays. And and I think what the focus a lot of them are cool. really needs to be on, especially in a high-intense rivalry, rivalry game, is you need to match the intensity and the physicality of your opponent, not worry about trick plays. And you need to be men, mentally tougher than them. And, and Until I see that happening, I don't see Yale beating Crosslex on a regular basis. You know, forget about all the outside factors that you can't control about this game. The players and the coaches from Yale need to focus on standing up to Crosslex and going mano y mano against them on that field, just like the Tri-Lambs did against the Alpha Betas <laughs> in the Greek Olympics. Um, so, so bring your violin with yes. the amplifier and be ready to go. Um... The one thing I will say about that, uh, as we wrap this this uh, game up, I do think Yale's offensive line is big, and they can that they have some of the dudes up front that can at least give them a shot. And I, be honest with you, I think it comes down to can Connor Jakubiak take care of the football, know when to cut his losses, and keep the ball out of Gavin or Gavin Espinosa and Belly Grappi's hands. Because if you're on offense, they're not. Yeah, and can, can can you protect him? Uh, and Yale, I think this is huge. Don't turn over the ball. That, and be in positions where you can throw the ball deep, not where you have to throw the ball deep. You get into third and long, you're dead. You take a deep shot on second and four, maybe you got them because they're thinking run. 
That's what I think the difference is going to be in this one. And who knows, though? It's a rivalry game, and maybe one side's looking ahead. But, again, I think Cross-Lex is the president until they're not. So, all right, move on to anything. The next couple BWAC games or any any last thoughts? Yeah, on I, I don't think we're going to spend a, a ton of time on these next two because I think it's pretty clear right. that Richmond's – Going to take it to Emily City. Yeah, so let's. I actually have a quote that goes to both of those games. Oh, a two for one. Yes, because right. I, I I said the same thing. I was going to ask you guys. I mean, I mean these two games are. There's not much. I don't think we. Need yeah, to those talk. are two programs trying to get off the mat, and the BWAC's not a good conference to get off the mat in. Yeah, and North Branch Al going to ask the other game. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. <laughs> hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they telling them, go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job for 30 years, 30 years, and they give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And I believe Richmond and North Branch will be putting hard times on Emily City and Elgin. The American dream, Dave Taddy. Oh, that's he's going for the Oscar. He is. He is. that was his most inspired performance. But no, North Branch, I think, is going to be ready to bounce back at Algonac. That is a long trip, but Algonac is on hard times. And Richmond, they know what's coming up. They can't trip over, stumble up their toe against Emily City, turn it over five or six times, whatever they did. Last time they went to the Pickle Palace, and they need to get to four and one because they're going to have a trifecta of tough games after that. Yeah, after you play Emily City, you got North Branch, Elmont, and at Armada, and then you close out with a home game against Clintondale. The good news is you can let three out of four at home. The bad news is you've got North Branch, Elmont, and Armada <laughs> right in a row. <laughs> Cardinal Mooney's looking to get back over 500 for the first time this year. This is a spot we thought they might be in. And, Dennis, I do think we've had our pulse on Cardinal Mooney pretty strongly. They go to Lakes. They're the better team than Lakes, but we talk about look-ahead spots. They, they have Everest next week. Take care of your business at Lakes because if you don't, I think they're just good enough that if you think, okay, we'll roll the ball out, we'll get a win, no problem, let's head back to Marine City and have a fun Friday night, enjoy our Saturday, you're going to have a long Saturday. Yeah, this is a little bit of a trap game for me because you, you've got to go to Lakes. Lakes has been competitive. They're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I don't think they've played a super tough schedule, and I think the best team they played kicked their butt last week. Uh Mooney should go there and win by multiple scores. And I just want to say, Tats, have you ever seen a team 14 consecutive possessions end in a touchdown? Because that's what Mooney's done the last two weeks. That's pretty damn good. Especially when, what, four of those had backups in? Yes. Yes, uh, that was uh, the the last two scores against Shrine. They, they had the backups in, and they just, you know, they did what they've been doing with, with the starters in. But against Cranbrook and against Shrine, uh, they put up uh, 103 points, and they had 14 drives in a row end in touchdowns. Wait till the Swede gets out of the brig. 
<laughs> Cardinal Mooney could not wait until the start of conference play began. I mean, you can tell, and you guys talked about this early in the season, you can tell by their scheduling that these coaches would have this team prepared for the start of the Catholic League Intersectional, okay? Very, I'm, I'm very impressed by the Cardinal Mooney coaches, especially after having to replace one of the best coaches um, in school history, Joe Quiznell. And I'm sure Coach Quiznell was not just like a great ex and an old coach, but also, you know, an insp- inspirational leader to those boys on that team and but just like any good new staff, you know, they use those building blocks um, Coach Quiznell had set in place, and they didn't sit on their laurels from the previous seasons. You know, they challenged their team early in the season, and it looks like those games against Harbor Beach and uh, Michigan Lutheran's, Lutheran Seminary are going to pay dividends for them, you know, as they navigate through their remaining schedule. You know, there, there's nothing easy, you know, looking at the remaining part of the schedule, like you said, Dennis, but I think this week – um, they're going to use Our Lady of the Lakes as another stepping stone onto their way to competing for the Catholic League Intersectional 2 title. Wait till the Swede gets out of the brig. And to your point, I, we talked about this in the summer, but I think Mooney was a little annoyed. Everyone probably going, well, what are you going to do without Brendan? What are you going to do without Hazenleader down there? Yep. I, I compared it to uh, guys would always tell me when I first got to Wayne State, those really, really good Wayne State teams didn't have Joyke Bell on them. They, and, like, Joyke left, and they went, like, 19-5 and five in the next two regular seasons. And they said they'd get pissed off. People go, well, Joyke's not there. What are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do? Brendan's not it at, uh, at Mooney. Well, what are you going to do? And they've done all right. I think this is the first one that if Mooney's who we think they can be and they play to their ability, they go down and they'll win by 28 points. They'll win by four scores. Yeah, th- th- this is interesting because – Mooney's been the only team that I've actually had a gauge on this year. I said Mooney's probably going to start 0-2, yeah. oh, guys, yeah. and they're going to win a minimum of six games and, and maybe seven. Right. And those two losses, they weren't they were close losses. Right? Oh, they had a chance, too. Yeah. At, at seminary, I, they were in the red zone, I guess, when the game ended. And, the, again, the best way I put it, three touchdowns to two. Make it as simple as possible. You gave up three, you only scored two. That's pretty darn close in my book. Let's, let's go to the thumb, and really the biggest matchup that I think warrants a, a lengthy discussion is Marlette at Harbor Beach. Both teams are 3-1. and one. Now, most years, you go, all right, Marlette's 3-1, and one, but they're not anywhere near what Harbor Beach is. Transitive property doesn't work, but Marlette gave Ubley more of a fight than Harbor Beach did. It was, Beach was done in the first half, and Marlette was... 60 seconds away from going into the half down 7-6. to six. Right now, Beach is Marysville, and Ubley is Marine City. They're in their heads. Yes. And, and Ubley's good. Like, they're stupid good. But, but Beach can't figure them out right now for whatever reason. And a few years ago, it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, it was Ubley that couldn't figure out Harbor Beach. Um, but um, I just... The fact that Harbor Beach actually got embarrassed last week might work against Marlette this week. But why do they put a guarantee on the box then? Because they they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of crap. That's all it is. Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box, mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. But for right now, for your sake, for your daughter's sake, you might want to think about buying a quality item from me. 
Now, in years past, in this GTC East matchup, you could almost guarantee a Harbor Beach win, especially if the game was being played at Harbor Beach. Looking up uh, the scores, Marlette is 4-23 all-time versus Harbor Beach. Yep. So most betting people would put their money on Harbor Beach, especially at home. But this game doesn't smell like a guarantee to me. The easy observation, like Dennis mentioned earlier, would be to compare the scores versus Ubley. Marlette lost to Ubley, 34-12, and Harbor Beach lost to Ubley, 56-20. Harbor Beach has played three quality opponents in Mooney, Cassidy, and Ubley, winning two out of the three, and Marlette has played two quality opponents in Ubley and Sandusky, winning one out of two. So you could say Harbor Beach is a little bit more battle-tested, but in no way is this a guaranteed win for Harbor Beach. Uh, Marlette beat Harbor Beach in 2018, and that was the only other time they beat the Pirates since 2010. Four and 23. The, Four and 23. The, the intriguing thing about Marlette is they're the one team in that league that does it different. They run the spread. Um, they don't necessarily throw a ton. It's not like it's Air Raiders. In fact, the uh, last week against Sandusky, I think – the running back threw more passes than the quarterback, and at least twice this season the quarterback has caught a touchdown pass. So they'll run a little trickeration at you too. Marlette's a fun team. I saw them last year against Mooney, um, and and for at least a half they had Mooney going, what the heck is going on? And then Mooney figured it out in the second half uh, and went to work and ended up winning that game. But they had to score a lot of points to win that game. Marlette's an interesting team, but, man, Beach is just good. Did you guys take Marlette over Sandusky? We both did. Yeah, so did I. So I I was thinking really smart, right? So, like, (laughs) yeah, Marlette, I mean, mean, they're a good team. Marlette is a good team, but actually, when I was looking back at it, Marlette beat Beach three straight years. They beat them 08, 09, and 10, and then the only other year they beat them is 18. So... Basically, in these kids' lives, since they've been old enough to know what a football was, they beat them one time. And that's something that you have to get over that mental hump, and going to beach is always going to be different. than If, you, if this game was at Marlette, oh boy, this would be another really tough one. But beach at home, unless they're playing ugly, is a tough, tough task. Other GTC East games, not a whole lot of... of I guess drama. Yeah, yeah for, <laughs> for lack of a better word, or a whole lot of uh, intrigue with some of the matchups. Sandusky and Badax in uh, play. Think Sandusky's going to win that one pretty handily. And, and yeah, Ubley. they have to go up to Badax, but yeah, I, Sandusky's just a better team and this I, year. And Ubley plays Memphis. That's a nice game to have after a uh, rivalry game. So Memphis won a game this year, but they're not going to win one against Ubley. You got you got quotes for these ones? Are we talking about are we gonna talk about the over? Yeah, Ofer we're gonna game? get there. We're going to eight man next. Oh, okay. We're going to eight man next, and there wasn't a whole lot of intrigue <laughs> in eight man. Just that surprised me when this came up. This Right. Well, because the eight man games this week, it's a lot of a top of a league versus the bottom of the league. We could have talked about Peck and Coach Wendell. Well, because you know Peck. Coach Wendell. Yeah. Big red. Yeah. Is the head coach at PAC now? Yes, we did know that. Um, but, like, we'll, we'll start in the stripes. Um, excuse me, the stars. Yeah. Uh, Brown City 
they've gotten through the tough part of their schedule. They play Burton Atherton. They should handle Burton Atherton. Uh, Deckerville plays Oakland Christian, who is a shell of what they were last year. Deckerville should handle that one. And KPAC goes to Mayville. Mayville's the only other team that's undefeated. While I think they're a lot, they're not quite as good as Brown City. I don't. I think they're better than KPAC. I mean, Dennis, it, it, any other words on those? I just think there's. No, not I, a whole I think lot. that's that's a good assessment. I I, I think KPAC can keep it respectable against Mayville, but Mayville sh- should win that game and kind of give us. Uh, two undefeated Brown City Mayville game that Brown City's going to win by <laughs> 50 points because uh, they're that good. Um, uh, Brown Brown City, we we were concerned because they lost some guys. They just reloaded, and that's something Brown City hasn't done in a long time. But you said the big thing, and this was from last week. Brown City still has their quarterback, though. Yes, that was, yeah, yes. And he's good. He was good last year when he was the third option. You have anything on the games in the stars before I go to the stripes? Because I know you have stuff on those ones. No, I wasn't prepared for okay, those. Okay, that's I fine. Did, that, that's, that wasn't on my that's list. Or, okay. Or I would have been up to about Peck, three. <laughs> good. You need to get some sleep. Peck plays All Saints. All Saints has been one of the best teams in the stripes. They're the only team that even competed with a team from the stars. Granted, it was Oakland Christian. But this is not a spot I want a young Peck team in. But All Saints hasn't given up a point for three weeks. Yeah, they are. They're they've outscored opponents 163 to nothing in league play. Yeah, um, and the Oakland Christian game was 22 to to 16. Um, and going into that one, we didn't know Oakland Christian was down this year because they were pretty good last year. Right, slung the ball around a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, all, all, all Saints is the heavy favorite in this one against uh, Peck. It's it's a a regroup year at Peck. Uh, the, I I think the, from from what we're hearing, they're going to be okay. Like you know, and even even this year, like th- this is they've got All Saints here and they've got Deckerville at the end of the year. But in between, North Huron, Merritt, and CPS sound like three games they can win. And it's going to take some time with a Peck team that basically replaced their all-time leading rusher and all-time leading tackler. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. Last one to talk about, CPS takes on New Haven Merritt. Someone's getting their first win. If you're listening right now, you might have to rewind a couple times to get all this information and data that's going to be going through your head right now. So we'll start with the quote. Some of you guys might know this one. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win or lose. Winning or losing is all one organic mechanism from which one extracts what one needs. What each team needs here is a win (laughs) since they're both over. And get ready to plug these numbers in. Here we go. Are you All ready? Right. I'm ready for, let's get your abacuses out. CPS lost to Ashley, 52-26 to 26 on the road. Merritt lost to Ashley, 22-0 to zero on the road. But Maris has, Merritt has only scored 18 points all year. And that's an eight-man where scoring should happen more often. Now CPS in their four games is averaging... 18.5 points a game. So what we do know is 
CPS is more likely to score more points than Merritt. Now Merritt also lost to All Saints Central 58 to nothing. Now we're getting deep right now. North Huron. We work. A team that CPS beat lost to All Saints 49-0. Just like the quote I, I was read that I read was hard to follow. Following the math and the logic to predict the winner in this one is also going to be hard. CPS let me down last week in the picks because I had it, it broke my heart to pick against my future hometown and school in North Huron. I had to pick against North Huron because I thought CPS was going to win that game. And that broke my heart to pick against North Huron. I had no idea about so, that. So did I. Like, like, and CPS scored 30 points. That should have been enough to win. You would have thought. You would have thought. I didn't see North Huron scoring 44. No. <laughs> All right. Is it finally time for the picks? I, I think it's Do finally, I have to decide on who I'm taking in some of these games? Yes, you do. I don't want to. but uh, Neither I, do I, but we, we have to do this. Um, and uh, I'm just going to – because it's going to be a long segment anyways. I'm going to run out of music and, and everything. I'm just going to say, Brady and I both went 6-4 and four last week. We're both 30-10 and 10 on the season. Our guest uh, picker – who was the guest picker last week? It's, it's already uh, – last week was oh, Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher, yep. 5-5. Five and five. So the guests are 30 and 10. It's a three-way tie at the top of the room give, right now. Do you want me to give the people's standings too? The, the, the people went 5 and 5. The, no, going I meant with the, the percentage. Like the individual. Yeah. Yeah, they went 5 and 5 and they're 27 and 13. So there's there's not a lot of give and take uh in the room uh this year. I have fired my entire staff because I was 37 and 3 at this point last year. Last year is a distant memory, and I'm very upset at, at 30 and 10. It's uh, tough. I need a 10 and 0 week, and guess what? It ain't coming this week. <laughs> all right. For the individual fans, Calvin from Port Huron, still the clubhouse leader, he did give up a game. He went 7 and 3, which was impressive last week. I think week. Calvin's a robot. He, he must be. But Aaron from Almont's the robot. He's gone eight and two every single week for a record of thirty-two and eight. Two games back. Zach from Richmond is thirty-one and nine. Those are the only threes that still have single-digit losses. Sean from Richmond is thirty and ten, and then someone called returning champ from Davison is twenty-nine and eleven. And, and you know that's a concern I should have brought up too because. All these lies Dennis had been spewing <laughs> what? early you, in the you, season. You picked twice last Listen, year. I picked those picks specifically for radio. Okay, those were my radio <laughs> picks for the listeners. My real picks were what I picked. Uh-huh. And based on the stats, I was the overall champion last year. He was. That's why I am yeah. the returning champ from Davison. All right. Well, he we'll won see. 83 because I won 82 last year. I don't remember exactly what it is. 82 and 18. I'm going to let you two squabble. A a record that may never be touched. You two can squabble, (laughs) and we'll get to the picks next, and I still don't know who I'm taking. All right.
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. It's time, Dennis. I got to get over here because I have to right. play with the You the wrote buttons. your picks down. And you're not changing them. I haven't decided. Taddy has a thesis ready for all of them. Let's not waste any time. Finally, after 90 minutes, it's time for the picks. <laughs> Oh, yeah! And he's going to roll out looking to throw. Pressure coming from Gavin Troy, who sacks him back near midfield. I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? Snap, pitch, near side Mulberg, across midfield, has a blocker to the outside, 45-40, 35-30, and he's knocked out of bounds. No! He tiptoes inbounds and taken into the house. Jackson Mulberg, I don't know how he did it. Out of the gun, Minetti looking from the 29. He's firing deep. He's got a man out there. It's Browning, and he's got it for the score. Kubiak snap, straight drop, all day to throw. Pump fake wants the deep ball, looking for Monarch, and it's caught in the corner of the end zone. 
I want to know what the proper ratio is on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> He's outrunning everyone. Belly Groppy again this time for 74 yards and the score. I want my picks back. And I want David Putney. This is going to be tough. And we are going to start in eight-man football. Carsonville, Port Sanilac, 0-4. Going down to New Haven Merritt, 0-3. Taddy, you get us started. Who gets win number one? And I will let you guys know as I go through these picks what the quotes were. Um, so the sometimes when you win quote, that was Gloria Clemente from White Man Can't Jump. And just like White Man Can't Jump, New Haven Merritt can't win. Give me Carsonville Board Sandalac. That is stuck. CPS. 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 This week it's going to work. Last week I picked (laughs) against CPS and it worked. I want CPS to win. I just, you know what? I'm going to take the home team. Give me New Haven Merritt. The people are taking CPS. 70% are on the Tigers to get the win on the road. Smart bunch. We'll stay in the thumb, but 11-man football. The Red Raiders go up to Harbor Beach to take on the Pirates. Was Marlette's game against Ubley a sign of things to come, or was that just their best performance, and will Harbor Beach bounce back? Dennis Stuckey. Beach wins. Yeah, I think that Harbor Beach is just too good at home. I think Marlette has a good shot. I would have loved for this game to have been at Marlette. But Beach, after being embarrassed, they ain't losing two in a row. Give me the Pirates. Taddy. The quote about the guarantee, I think everybody knows that one. Old Tommy Callahan Jr. from Tommy Boy. (laughs) Although I can't guarantee Harbor Beach is going to win, I'm taking Harbor Beach. Harbor Beach is the pick of the people as well. 72% taking the Pirates to get the win. North Branch, after a heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss against Almont, has to take the long, winding trip down to the swamp in Algonac. I'll get us started. Again, we like what Algonac's doing. They're just not ready to compete with the big boys in the BWAC. North Branch takes this one comfortably. Taddy. Hard times. Give me North Branch. Dennis Stuckey, over to you. A Bronco is a lot bigger than a muskrat. So North (laughs) Branch. And the people agree. 100% of the people on North Branch. Richmond, fresh off a big-time win over Yale. They took it to the Bulldogs. They go out to Emily City, a place where a couple years ago they turned the ball over five or six times. MLA City had the ball with a chance to tie or win at the end. Will MLA City be playing spoiler this year, or will Richmond move to 4-1, Dave Taddy? I guess I should have uh, told the listeners where that quote was from, the Hard Times quote, yeah. which was from. I mean, the younger listeners might not know who the American dream Dusty Rhodes is. And just like I said before, it's going to be hard times on in Emily City. Get me Richmond. Dennis. Yeah, uh, this isn't a couple of years ago. Richmond's going to win this game. Richmond's going to win this game. They have to set themselves up for a tough stretch. And I think the message is going to be get up by enough so I can we can rest some of these guys that, hey, in a month from now, you're going to be battered and bruised. Let's go to the Catholic League as Cardinal Mooney heads on down to Waterford, a Friday night game, a little different for Mooney, and a long trip to Our Lady of the Lakes. 
Dennis, Cardinal Mooney get above 500, or in maybe a trap game, do they stub their toe? It is a little bit of a trap game, but but Mooney's cranking on all cylinders right now, and I think they keep it going. Uh, Mooney will win this game. Yeah, Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes has not played the schedule that Cardinal Mooney has. Lakes 2-2 two and two is way worse than Cardinal Mooney's 2-2. Two and two. Give me Mooney 42-10. to 10. They're going to roll Lakes. Taddy. Way to the Swede gets out of the brig from the greatest movie of all time, Heartbreak Ridge from Stitch Jones. But what happened to the Swede? The Swede went down by Gunnery Sergeant Highway. And that's what's going to happen to Our Lady of the Lakes. They're going to go down. Give me Cardinal Mooney. Okay. To the Mac. What the people say. Oh, the people. Sorry. 92% on Cardinal Mooney. Big right. old blue circle for Cardinal Mooney. Lamphere, after getting throttled by Marysville, have to come up to St. Clair County and take on a St. Clair team that's fighting for their lives. Saints made some improvements, but they can't seem to get a win. I'll get us started in this one, and I look at this one, and I'm thinking, yeah, Lamphere has the much better record, but St. Clair's been playing better, but are they still all together? I really, really, really want to pick St. Clair, and I almost did, but I just can't. Give me Lamphere, and I hope I get that one wrong. I think you can do it, St. Clair. But you just got to prove it to me before I drop a game to Dennis because of it. Over to Dave Taddy. <laughs> I'm here to do whatever they need me to do. You know if they need me to bleed, then I'll bleed for my team. That's from Dougie Glatt and Goon. St. Clair ain't ready to bleed for their team. Give me lamp fear. Dennis, do you think St. Clair's ready to bleed for their team? Yeah, you know, this is another one where I've got to break my own heart because my heart is saying – Pick the Saints, believe in the Saints, but Lamphere, I think, is going to bounce back and win this game. And the people believe in Lamphere as well, 83% on the Rams. Now, starting to crank up the difficulty here, Armada goes to Almont, to their homecoming. Almont's 4-0, they've given up 22 points all year. Armada in a back-against-the-wall spot. Dave Taddy, who wins this game and why? Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. We all know that one. Coach Lou Brown from Major League. Armada's going to forget about what happened the last three weeks. They're going to come out throwing blows. Give me Armada. Dennis Stuckey, over to you. When in doubt, go with the home team. I'm taking Elmont in this one, and I'm not real sure on it, but that's what I'm going with. <sighs> this one, I really like both these teams. Almont's done nothing wrong. There's no reason why I should think they're going to lose a game. They've done nothing but win. But Dennis, you said this to me before. When you have a gut feeling, just go with it. Don't second guess it. And I just can't shake the thought that Armada is going to go to Almont and get a win. I, I could look really foolish, and it's nothing against Almont. I really like this Almont team. I think they're, when we do our playoff tier list, I think they're going to be near the top of a team that has the best chance to make a run. But I can't shake this feeling that Armada's going to get a win in Almont. Give me the Tigers. And I don't feel super supremely confident, but I'm taking Armada because I'm trusting my gut. And the people are telling me my gut's stupid. 87% of the people are taking Almont to get this win at home. Final BWAC game on the slate. Yale, 2-2. Two two. 
They need a win in the worst way. They go to Cross Lex, undefeated Pioneers. This game went to overtime a year ago. Is it going to be that close this year, Dennis Stuckey? Uh, I, I just, I, until somebody beats them, I got to take the Pioneers. I've seen them twice this year. They have impressed me. I think Yale is spiraling right now. I'm going with Croslex. Yale needs a win bad. The only thing is Croslex is not the place to get it done, and there's no element of surprise. I think last year they jumped up and bit a Croslex team that maybe wasn't giving Yale a whole lot of attention. This year they're going to be focused on the Bulldogs. Give me Croslex at home. Dave Taddy, is it a clean sweep? To clear up the quote about the only way to become president is to win the homecoming carnival, that's Gilbert Lowell from Revenge of the Nerds. Probably the only reason why I went to college to play football because my dad let me watch that when I was about six years old. Oh, God. And I wanted to be an alpha beta. <laughs> but guess what? The only way Yale wins oh, no. this game is six. if they put liquid heat in Croslex jocks. <laughs> and I don't see that happening. Give me Yale. Wait, or I'm sorry, Croslex. I, cross I, cross oh, wow. I already wrote it in. I yeah. knew what he meant. Okay. Good Lord, the You've people. never seen that movie? I have. I'm just shocked you saw it when you were six. I'm not. <laughs> Crosslex is the people's pick. 94% of the people on the Pioneers. It's time to pick this one, Dennis. Marine City at Marysville. Both teams are 3-1. and one. Marysville has the, has the size. Marine City has history on their side. And for every time you say, I don't have to start a tough one, I have to start this one. I told you when we were talking about this game that it feels like there's two different parts of me. That part of me in my brain, the left side of my brain's going, Marysville's bigger. They're playing better right now. They have the matchup. They can do this. Marine City's a little banged up. And then there's the right part of my brain going, hey, dummy, look at the last 20 years. Marysville's done it one time. Are you really going to put your faith that Marysville's going to get it done again this year? That they're finally going to get win number two? And as I can't think of any more words to stall so I can finally make my <laughs> pick. I just... You know what? Screw it. Marysville gets it done. They have the size. G give me the Vikings, and I can't believe I just picked against Marine City in a game where they've won... 21 of 22, but Marysville gets it done on their new turf. Dave Taddy. Everybody that's at home listening, please listen to this quote one more, more time. There are three rules to live by. One, never get less than 12 hours of sleep. Two, never play cards with a guy who has the same first name as a city. Three, never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now you stick to that and everything is cream cheese. That's from good old coach Bobby Finstock from the movie Teen Wolf. And like I said, the fourth rule is never pick against Marine City versus Marysville. Give me the Mariners and the Osterlin spawn. <laughs> Taddy, <laughs> just the word spawn. Way, way back in like, I think it was the first segment, Taddy gave my pick away. He says, Stucky never picks against Marine City. My heart is really screaming Marysville, but I never pick against Marine City. I'm taking the Mariners. And the people are with Marine City as well. 34, or excuse me, 72% of the people are picking 
Marine City. God, that one. If I just, I I, know I think what you're either saying. team can win. I think I this really is going to be an instant classic. Now for some more tough. Speaking decisions. of either team can win. Port here on high. The first time the Red Hawks take on the Huskies. We've talked about the series history. Five and four in what we've dubbed the golden age of this rivalry. It was 30 years of Northern. It was about 10 years of Port here on high. It's been even ever since. Dave Taddy, you've played in this game. You've coached in this game. You've been our special guest every year for I've this game. I've been kicked out of this you've game You've been twice. kicked out of this game multiple times. Who wins this game and why? Like I said before, his mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Morris from Coming to America, give me the big Reds. Dennis Stuckey. I'll take the Red Hawks, but I think this game's going quadruple overtime and will be decided by one point with somebody either making a two-point conversion or getting stopped on one. <sighs> this one, for me, <laughs> was just as hard as Marysville Marine City, but this is what it came down to. This game, there's a lot of bright lights. This game, there's a lot of emotion, and everyone remembers this game. Dennis, how did this game end last year? Uh, Northern one, right? Yes. What was the play that sealed it? I don't remember. Yes, yeah, last hack year. Interception. A hack I, interception. A super fan would know this. Super fan Taddy remembers. What the heck? You expect me to remember things I haven't been preparing for? Amari Holler has had to live with that for a year. It's his senior year. It's the final time he gets to do this. And he's not going to let it happen again. I'm going to ride with the experience support here on high, and they get just enough offensive juice. I think they get into the 20s, maybe not far into the 20s, but they do, and the Red Hawks get the win. However, the people are saying Port here on Northern will win this game. They might not be 57 wrong. 57% on the Huskies to take the Brick Fowler Trophy back to the north end of town. Dennis, quick recap for us, and then we'll finally send it home. All right, the smart guys in the room took CPS. Brady took New Haven Merritt. Shout uh, out North Huron. We, uh, and I'm not in the order that we picked, but that's okay. We all took Mooney. We all took Beach. We all took Richmond. We all took North Branch. We all took Croslex. Um, I took Almont. The people took Almont. You two guys took Armada. We all took Lamphere. Everybody took Marine City except Brady. He went with Marysville. He might not be wrong. I just, I, I, why did I pick against Marine City? And, and why did I pick against Almont again? And and uh, uh, we took uh, PH, but the uh, the people say uh, Northern's going to win that football game. All right, Taddy, thank you so much. This is always one of the most fun shows of the year. We we really appreciate it. I thank you for having me, and you know my last words are going to be to Clay to Port Huron. Brother, listen, I'm a four-quarter player, so you better be ready to go the whole season because I'm coming for you, Clay from Port Huron, whoever you may Calvin, be. Calvin. Calvin. Calvin from Port Huron. You got your quote and your, 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 your call <laughs> I don't know, out. I don't know how I'm going to – again, like I didn't want to do more than two shows because I don't think I could have lived up to last year's show. And now think, after this one, I don't. I'm, it's going to spend me a year trying to brainstorm what cool, I need to do. Cool. Then we'll next have year. you back then. And by the way, we don't have any D1 teams, so Davison's our D1 team. Four and zero. Appreciate that. All right, Dennis. Yeah, anything else? Adopted team. Uh, by the way, we occasionally adopt teams. Yeah. <laughs> 
but bo- bo- both both as the as the the nice kid and as our stepchildren yes. like Carol and Bishop Foley. <laughs> there we go talking <laughs> the about the red stepchildren. <laughs> uh, by the way, Joe out of town this weekend. He will not be at a game, so it'll just too be bad because there were some games. Yes, we I, sent I really him to. wish he could have been at Armada, Almont, Yale, Croslex. Heck, maybe even CPS Merritt. <laughs> but Dennis, any any last words before we send it out? Um, I, I hope I did this right because I need a 10 and 0 week. All right. We'll be back Saturday morning with a hell of a slate to talk about. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.